Hello, this is Boot Pit to Boardroom, a podcast about opportunity in agriculture. I'm Dustin Toberman, a longtime ag veteran of the ag industry and founder of Omni Ag Consulting. My name is Nick. I produce the podcast and I ask the tough questions. We've got you here like Frost Nixon today. I can see the light is shining bright. You're sweating bullets. I'm just kidding. This is a friendly discussion. Um, Today, we're actually talking about one of the biggest transitions a person makes in their lives from education to the workplace. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, it, it's, it's fitting, Nicholas, that, that we're having this here in, in the spring because right now, one of the, uh, you know, the big topics in, in our industry is all of those young people that are getting ready to graduate. Uh, you know, you think about here, they've got probably a month left in school. And I can remember uh, what was going through my mind at the time. And uh, I was in the camp that, that didn't actually have a position locked up. So I was sweating oh. bullets, as you mentioned, uh, this, this whole time. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe you were in a different situation. No, you know, I, I was kind of like that too. When I was getting done with college, I wasn't really sure where I'd end up. Um, I kind of knew if I worked hard, I'd be fine at the end of the day. But yeah, I think for people who have, you know, more specific goals, uh, yeah, it can be nerve wracking for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, today we're going to be focusing on those uh, that, that are in the camp that they've actually got their careers and, and they're going to be starting those, like I said, much much sooner than later. So it's a it's a very exciting time and we've got some things that, that we want to focus on that I think can help them get off on the right foot. Because, you know, if you think about it, really, this is the, the first step, uh, you know, to your career, which is going to have a, a big impact on your life. And, and it's so important to get off on the right foot. And I think the first thing that, that we want to discuss is really having the right perspective. Uh, I think going in that, that that is a must. And we talked about this a little bit on our last podcast with, you know, the importance of of, of finding yourself and, and asking yourself, you know, who exactly am I? And I, I think it really carries over to getting your career started. That that that's a mistake I think that a lot of young professionals you know, really often don't think about. You know, they they really do their homework on the company and, and the position and right. and learning about the job itself, but they don't stop and ask themselves, you know, what am I really getting into? What do I want out of this? And I think it's so important to come in with the right mindset and ask yourself before you even begin, what am I looking to get out of my career? And because I tell you, there's a lot of turnover very early on, you know, in our industry. Oh, yeah. And and so a lot of young people are going to be using this as a springboard, you know, to launch their career in another direction. So it's important that we know ahead of time, what do I want going in? And I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. So, I mean, you. it sounds like you've you've talked to people who maybe weren't asking that question the right way. Um, so I'm thinking about someone who's, who's got a placement, they're ready to get started and they're hit with some unexpected stuff because they didn't ask those questions. So how do you, how do you determine that? Like, what am I looking for in a new career? Will this placement give me what I'm looking for or will it help me get there eventually? Yeah, that, that's a great point that you bring up. And those are the kind of questions that we have to stop and ask ourselves before we get started. Am, am I looking to make this the company that I'm with? 20 years from now, am I looking to learn? Am I going to use this to launch me, you know, to another, another position? Am I, am I looking to stay in town here where my position is today? Where, where does this lead me? And so I think there's some things that, that we can do early on to, to really put us in a, a position to win. And that's something that I think is really important. No matter what we do, what direction we go, we want to be put in a position to win. And I think this is something that we can do on our own to put us in that position to, to get everything that we can out of it. And so, you know, the, the first thing, it, it sounds really simple and, and I know what direction people's minds are going to go, but I, I want to talk about routine a little bit. Right? Okay. And I think probably right out of the gates, you know, when people think about routine, they think about, you know, 
what time I'm going to be getting up and brushing my teeth and maybe, you know, getting, getting my clothes, uh, you know, to look in a presentable manner. And, and all those things are important, right? I, I do recommend that those that are there starting out with a, with a new company, it's important to, to find your path to the office, right? What's traffic going to look like, right? Those are things right. that are going to impact my day. Where do I get my coffee? You know, if, uh, if, if I make that drive in kind of a practice run, is there an opportunity for me to get coffee if that's important well, to me? Dustin, I'm, I'm going to stop you there because I'm, I'm thinking about my college experience and more than just the routine, it's like, you know, I'm a creature of habit. So yeah, the habits I had in college didn't really work uh, when I started working. Um, so how, how have you seen that for people like those changing habits? How hard is that to do? What do they need to do? It's, yeah, it, it's honestly, it's, it sounds so simple, but you're so right. You know, I, I think it's one of the biggest adjustments that we make is that, you know, our daily routine in college, because things, uh, you know, typically are, are on a campus, they're all within that campus where we eat, where we sleep, maybe do our laundry, uh, social gatherings, those things are all right there. And then things are going to change now in an office. And so I think that, you know, we overlook this, but the routine is so important. And, and I think you bring up a great point is that the biggest issue that I see is that those trying to make the transition from education to professional or their career is that they've still got one foot in the college level. Does that make sense? I So the way that I translate that is if I was late to class, it's fine, right? I mean, if it happened a lot, it might become an issue, but that's not how it worked when I started working. It, no, you know. no, there's totally different expectations. And that's why it's such a struggle. You know, I, I, and I would say that when I look at the way that the young people that I've had the opportunity to, to work with through the years, whether it be interns or, or young trainees, young professionals coming into the professional world, it's not with the work itself. They struggle with the lifestyle because it is a changing lifestyle. You're absolutely right. The expectations, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes, but the expectations are totally different. As you mentioned, and, and we've all been there, how many times when I think back in my own experiences that I roll into a noon class, uh, maybe I was at Dollar You Call It's the night before and, oh, sure. and I, I could roll in at noon in a hoodie and I could sit in the back and there wasn't much expected of me. You know, As you know, that's not going to happen in the professional world. Right. Yeah. There's I mean, a, the, the, the main clock that I was concerned with in college was Beer 30, I think it was called. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, I've been beer. to that, that yeah. establishment as well. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. And so, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge baseball fan and I'm a yeah. Cardinal fan and Tony La Russa, there was a great quote that he, that he used to talk about with young uh, professionals coming up to the big leagues for the first time. And he used to say that if you want to lead in the big leagues, you can't lead in the neon leagues. And, and I mm -hmm. think it, it, it's true in the professional world as well, especially when we as young, uh, young managers, leaders, you know, are put in a position to manage others or, or, or our peers even, it's very, very difficult for us to do because we have to set the example. And I can think back in my own career of times when I had, you know, people that I looked at as, as up and comers and that just had tremendous upside that I finally had to make a decision that, look, you know, it seems to me that you're still living in that college world, right? You're, you're making decisions that are really, really going to make it hard for you to, to succeed because you know, punctuality never goes out of style. You know, you're late every day. Yep. You're not setting the example that we'd like to set. So again, the routine is not just about the day-to-day, -day, but it's about how I'm living my life. Am I making the decisions that are going to put me in position to win? Well, we're talking a lot about the way things need to change in terms of routine for people. Um, one thing that I've been thinking about, and, and it's something you've said, is that you really keep, uh, you keep being a student after college. 
It's not like that graduation means you, you, you stop learning, but the way that you learn changes. So what I want to know is what does that role look like for, for someone who's placed, you're at a company, you've got your, you've got your graduation out of the way. How do you change your mindset for learning? How is it different? Well, I think that, you know, the, the key thing is, is that what you said is learning has got to be the focus. Uh, I, you yeah. know, I know oftentimes we come into a position and it's important for us to feel like we, we have it all down and we know it all. But I think that's, it's just the opposite. Nobody at this stage of the game expects you to know everything and to know all the X's and O's. But it's important that you just keep an open mind and you're willing to be flexible. And it's all about learning, gathering the information that, that you can. You know, and especially for those of us that, you know, probably in the camp that they're not going to stay at this company. It's just a sign of the times. You don't see very many people stick around, you know, at the same place for, you know, 20, 30 years like they once did. And so it's important that we gather a little bit of information along the way. And so while, you know, when I look back at, at, at my education, there were times when I could coast and it was about, you know, maybe taking a test and showing up, you know, that one day where, where I was taking the test and I, I could be a superstar, hopefully, and, and get a great grade and pass. That same approach is not going to fly, you know, when you're in the professional world because you've got to perform every day. Well, in college too. I mean, you've got the you've got the textbooks. You, you know, you've got the materials you need to to study. And I think once we get into a placement, it, it changes all of all of that information takes the form of people speaking to you, of experiences that you have. So, how how can you like transition to take a more active role in learning? I think it's really about just being engaged, you know, something that, uh, that I, we're going to talk a bit about again a little bit more here, but I think it's right. about being engaged and not being afraid to put yourself out there. It's something that I say a lot to the young students and the organizations that I speak to that, that you can see there's a, a, a clear connection for those that are willing to get engaged and to throw themselves out there, even to put themselves in positions where they might feel uncomfortable. That's something that I like to do is to challenge people to go do what you fear. And that's how we master it. And so I think that has to be the mindset. It's important to throw yourself out there, be engaging with anyone and everyone. When we see new situations, new opportunities, we look at those with a yes mindset and say, yes, this is where I want to be. This is going to help get me to the next level. This is all part of the process. Great. Now we've talked a little bit about how routines need to change, how your mindset needs to change. I'm curious, do you think there's anything that universities could do better to prepare students for these placements? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think that one of the things that I, I say everywhere I go is that I am just continually surprised at how much knowledge these students are getting. And it, it blows me away when I look back to my own education, how far we've come and, and some of the, the, the subjects that they've been schooled on and the information they have, you know, we're doing internships more and more often and, and much earlier. I, I didn't, I didn't ever have an internship going through school and now I'm seeing, you know, freshmen, you know, students read, they've only been in school for a year getting internships. So they're more prepared than ever. But I, again, I, I think it goes back to that mindset. I think that's something that we probably miss out on a lot is that we don't talk to the students about the mindset of, of what, where, where their head needs to be when they take a new position. I think the fear is always, you know, what if I don't know what I'm doing? You know, again, I don't know the X's and O's, but, but no one really expects that to be a part of you starting a position is knowing everything. But the, again, the focus has got to be on the learning. And I think it's important for if I'm a professional speaking to college students or even the professors to really talk about how important it is to learn that word. I don't think we associate that a lot of times in, in the careers, but it's really truly about learning. Am I asking the right questions, right? Uh, I, I think that's an area that a lot of us struggle with. 
Um, and, and it's okay to say, right. you know, Hey, I don't know, but I, 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 I want to learn. And people often, they, they associate that with failure. And I really think that we've got to get over that. You know, I, I think it's important that it's, that they learn that it's okay to say, I don't know, but I want to learn, but where do I find the answer? And it's those people that have that kind of attitude. They're going to be successful in the long run. Right. Well, that, that kind of transitions well into what I wanted to talk about next, which is setting expectations or rather establishing expectations. You know, I think you have to, you can't be afraid to ask questions if you want to establish expectations early on with your new company. So how important is it for someone starting out to establish expectations and what expectations are most important to establish? It, it's huge. And, and and I tell you, I, when I think about some of the most uncomfortable conversations that I've had, you know, in, in, in my career, you know, being the position I was, unfortunately, I was responsible for a lot of the, the hiring and, and the firing side as well. And that's, that's never an enjoyable thing to do. One of the things that I always like to do when I, when I had to make a, a tough decision like that to, to move on from someone is to go back and break it down and to take a look at, at where things went wrong. And I would often take notes so that I could learn from that and, and, and try to help people avoid that in the future. And I can tell you that almost in every case that I had, it came down to a miscommunication or maybe a, a lack of understanding of expectations, even yeah. goals and objectives. And so I, I really, I don't think we can stress this enough. Probably of all the things that we're going to talk about today, I think this might be one of the most important. Again, this goes back to, you know, the, the early interview process. We, we talk about the job. We talk about, you know, give me the details. We talk about compensation, but we really, really need to make sure that we're focused and we have a clear, a crystal clear understanding of our goals and objectives. And I think that's, you know, one of the reasons why the onboarding process is so important going forward, because as a young professional, you know, and, and even as managers, sometimes, you know, I know that I made the mistake of assuming someone understood or they knew the answers when they didn't. And it's, it's that assumption that is going to lead to problems down the road. Why do you think people are kind of hesitant to, to ask a lot of questions? Um, especially when, you know, those early weeks, it's the most important time to, to learn. I think, you know, I look at myself and, and I can remember my first positions in, in, in the ag world, right? And, and I can tell you, and I'm, I'm not afraid to admit this now, I was so happy just to have someone say yes, that they were interested, that they said, hey, Dustin, we'd really like you to come aboard, that I, was, I, I, I overlooked it. And when I did have questions, I was too afraid to make it look like I didn't have an understanding of how this whole process worked. Right. And I thought to myself, you know what, I'll figure this out later. But the problem with that is, is that sometimes that's too late. That, that I'm suggesting that long before you even say I do, you have a clear understanding of, you know, just to give an, an example, what does my day look like? You know, what time am I expected to be here today? If I show up 15 minutes late, is that an issue, right? If I'm, if I'm working from home, does that allow me the opportunity to come in a little bit later? Do I have time mid-morning after I've answered emails that I can go leave and I can grab coffee? What if I took a long lunch, right? These are the kind of questions that we need to ask ahead of time because not knowing the answers to these leads to trouble. Right. So, you, you know, I'm thinking about like company culture, procedures, professionalism. What, what, what are the standards that are expected there? And I mean, can we start establishing that stuff? Like even in the interview, how, how can you, how can someone do a little recon on the company they're moving into? It, it really should be. And I tell you, that's a great point you brought up, Nicholas. And I actually have that in my notes too, that, you know, on a much deeper level, there's this standard of professionalism and, and what I think, and, you know, that is unique to every company. And that's why it's important for us to ask, right? What it means in one company might not might not you know, mean to another company. And so, you know, an example, I've been at companies before where uh, 
you know, out on the trading floor one time we were required to wear a jacket. Um, another company might allow jeans, right? These are two very, very different standards. And it's important that I understand those so that I don't put myself in a bad situation when a lot of times, again, it's just a misunderstanding. You know, maybe no disrespect was intended. I certainly wasn't trying to to make a statement, but we find ourselves in awkward positions when we don't have an understanding of that. And so I think it's just important for us from from the get-go is to start asking these questions. You really have to be your own advocate. And so when companies, you know, at the end of an interview, when they're giving you opportunity, what kind of questions do you want to know? You know, again, we typically ask questions about compensation and about opportunity right. for growth. And all those things are really important. But I think just as important are the, what, like you like we said, what does it mean? What does professionalism look like here? Let's talk about the day to day. You know, let's let's make sure I have a crystal clear understanding of those of those expectations. We've talked about too, sort of, you know, in, in college you might have a little bit more of a lax atmosphere on punctuality, on on professionalism, things like that. You also talk about telling the truth, keeping your word, being diligent, getting your stuff done. These are lessons that for me, kind of set me apart early in my career because to me, it's like kindergarten stuff. Um, why do people need to relearn some of these things, do you think? Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, the, the world is a changing place. And I think that if you look overall, you know, from a professional standpoint, our standards, right, I think they have been loosened. Uh, you know, companies are, are allowing more work from home. You know, even before that, you know, we saw a loosening up a little bit, even in, 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 uh, in my profession. You know, I can mention on the trading floor where once a jacket and, and tie was required, you know, now a lot of companies will allow jeans. And so, again, right. it just really is company by company. But I, I think there's a few things that, you know, to keep yourself safe, uh, the, the, main, the main drivers here are, you know, one, punctuality. I know that's something for me as a manager, and, and this may sound old school. I'm sorry. I think it, it never goes out of style. The importance of being on time. I think it shows respect. It shows commitment. And these are, these are characteristics I think that any company is, is looking for. And these are also ways that you can separate yourself from your competition. You know, maybe you're, maybe right. you're working for a company and, and have been given a position in a, a large trainee group. You know, maybe there's 10, 15, 20 of, of uh, young professionals that do just like you do. If you're looking for a, a way to separate yourself early from the pack, these are the things that stand out. So punctuality to me is very, very important, being on time when you're supposed to be there. Your commitment, right? Your commitment, another way to say it is, is your work ethic. Are you willing to stay until the job is done? You know, something that we don't talk about a lot, but again, the importance of understanding expectations uh, is that if I've got a job to do and I look up and it's five o'clock, am I going to walk out the door at 501 or am I going to stay until the job is done? So your commitment right. and your work ethic, and I, I think just, again, being committed to being a professional overall. And, and, and whatever that entails, right? I, I'm here for a reason. You've brought me on, obviously, because you think I, I can be a part of your team and I can, I can have impact. And if that's what we're going to do, these are the things that we have to focus on. Right on. And, and it sounds like, I mean, you're never, you never stop learning. You never stop proving yourself in, in your career. But in those first few weeks, months, the spotlight is on you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the flip side of that, though, Dustin, like, you're new, so you can ask questions. People expect you to be curious. That's a big part of it, right? Take advantage of, of, of that. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, one of the neat things about being new to a, to a company is, is that it's probably the only time you're going to be able to be given a free pass to walk around and ask anybody anything, yep. right? Because everybody looks at us as, oh, you know, they're new, they don't know. 
And and how many of us don't take advantage of that, right? Because we we're, we're afraid, you know, how does it look if I walk around? Does it make me look like I've never been in this setting got, before? I, so I'm I'm going to interject here. I, yeah, I think we've got a big problem with questions. People don't want to ask questions because for some reason it's cooler to seem like you already know. Of course, when the reality is, is that trust me, everybody already knows that you don't know because you just came out of school. <laughs> yeah. So right, exactly. so how could you? So so yeah. here we are trying to look so cool. When all we're doing is is kind of you know uh, handicapping ourselves, you know, fighting with one hand behind the back because we're not you know using all the tools and the opportunities that we've been given, and and I think it starts with going out and not being afraid to put yourself out there. And again, sure, you you may you may look silly, and people are going to ask questions like, "Well, did you just get here?" Well, yeah, actually, I did. Again, yeah. you've got a free pass because you just got started. Right. Well, when we talked about this this topic, we. We kind of threw around the title agriculture shock just to highlight the cultural shift that happens when you go from classroom to the field. Um, do you think that shift is, is a bigger cultural shift in ag than other industries? You know, I, I've only worked in ag, so it's it's difficult for me to say what it is across you know all industries. But I, I can tell you that it's a big one. I can tell you that going from the classroom to uh, you know li- a lifestyle in the in the ag agribusiness professional world. Is a big jump um, because I, I I think that still the way things are done in ag, uh, I would use the term old school, right? I stay where where punctuality is important, professionalism, you know, looking a certain part, talking a certain way. All these things matter. We might like to say that they don't, but they do, and that's kind of really what this podcast is about, right? We I want to let you behind the curtain. So the reality is is that yes, we are judged on those things. If you look at uh, you know we we have an aging demographic in, in ag, we've always been slow to uh, to change. And, and, and although right. that is shifting, you know, from when I first came into the industry, but I think if you look, you know, people in ag tend to stay in ag, right? People that are in agriculture don't wake up one day and decide, I want to go be a banker. I think I want to be, uh, I think I want to write computer software. So we, we tend to stay in this for the long haul. And because of that, I think there's a, a certain level or a, and a standard of professionalism that, that people expect. And so I think a lot of times it can be a shock, especially coming from some of today's college campuses where, you know, things have really gotten loose. You know, when I go and I speak at some of these college campuses, it's not uncommon for students to be walking in in the middle, you know, of, of a presentation or to walking out. You know, those are things that wouldn't have happened when I was going to school. And so I think, you know, we, we've gotten a little bit looser, maybe more lax on our, on our uh, you know, what is appropriate and what is not. But I can tell you that in the workplace, a lot of those things still carry uh, a lot of weight. Right. And, and you've worked a lot with with people getting started in, in placements. And I, I could imagine some of those people met with surprises, stuff they weren't, they weren't expecting. Do you have any examples of that culture shock creating a, a negative scenario? Sure. You know, gosh, I could go through so many scenarios of, of students that, you know, and, and not even intentionally, but just, right. you know, maybe thought that they, uh, they were headed in the right direction when in fact they weren't. You know, maybe overstepping some of those bounds, you know, uh, took it upon themselves to to take on a project without first, you know, getting clearance for someone, you know, following the right hierarchy. And while, you know, that's very admirable that that someone wants to do that work. And I love the fact that someone's assertive and they're aggressive and they want to get out there. But, you know, what you might do uh, on the college campus on a project versus professionally are, are totally different. And, you know, I, I think about a situation where I, I had a young lady that did just that with the best of intentions. And, uh, you know, worked hard on a project and, and did it on their own and, and was ready to present uh, to, to a, a group of, uh, of management uh, without having checked first uh, that, that, her, um, that her opinions would be uh, acceptable and appropriate. 
and so it it, uh, it 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 caused some issues there. Of course, you know, as a as a mentor and a manager, you're always willing to deal with those things, and we can always overcome those things. It's right. just lack of communication. But nonetheless, some some feathers were ruffled, and those sure. are things that have to be addressed. Right. I think you know, it sounds like that could have been either avoided or made better if if she had set better expectations. But how do you do that if you don't know how, right? Yeah, that, that's just it. You know, the, the hardest part about being a, a young professional is that you don't know what you don't know. And so when you when you have the right type of personality and someone who you, know, you were probably hired because you were assertive, aggressive, someone that can communicate, you know, you don't feel the need to, to check on, on things and, hey, is this okay? Is this appropriate? I, I want to show what I can do. And, and I would encourage that, right? I would, I would, it's much, much easier to, to slow a, a, a raging horse down than it is to pull them, right? So those right. are the type of people that we go after. But like you said, the flip side of that is that if it's not guided and we don't have a clear understanding of expectations, you know, it, it can get us in trouble too. And that's okay. why it's just, it's important. It's always better to ask in the beginning, especially when we're starting out versus paying the price for not asking later. Well, and I, I know we're going to talk about, we're going to talk a lot more about onboarding and talent retention in the future. Um, one thing I know that you say is that onboarding doesn't look the same from company to company and some are better than others. Um, so as someone getting started in a company, I have to sort of make sure that onboarding gives me what I need, um, even if it's not designed to, you know what I mean? Like I have to go the extra mile and, and get the most out of it. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, you're so right. And if you just think about it in your own career, right, those, those companies that you've worked for, the ones that, that had a great onboarding process and, and by onboarding, I don't mean just showing up the day of your, you know, the, the, the first day of your career and now you're filling out insurance forms and they're they're showing you, hey, this is your parking space and you get a badge. But I mean those companies that were truly engaging and, and they started to talk about, you know, things like, you know, well, uh, you know, how it's how do I get involved in the community? Or, you know, these are the important people to talk to. And so those those are the companies that I'm talking about. And the companies, you know, it's it's a it's a fact. The companies that that have an aggressive and engaging onboarding program versus those that don't, they have better retention, right? The people want to stay and work for them longer uh, because they have a better understanding of of how things are supposed to go. They're setting you up for success. And again, that's that's so important. So, you know, again, it goes back to asking about expectations. That should be a part of the onboarding process. And if if okay. the company that you're working for hasn't reached out to you and given that to you. That's something you need to do to be an advocate for yourself and to ask those questions. Hey, I have some uh, questions that, unfortunately, we didn't discuss, you know, during the interview process. Really would like to get these things laid out, you know, before I begin. The sooner the better. Absolutely. So uh, you've got, I know, some specific action items that people can can do um, if they're getting ready to make the transition from school to a placement. And so I'd like to talk about each of those. First of all, you you know, you've told me reach out to the new company and have the discussion to get the ground rules. So what does that look like? Can that just be a part of the regular onboarding process or do you recommend people really get active and reach out? I think it all depends on on how much information you were able to get, you know, in the onboarding process and every company's different, right? But I haven't been in my in my career. I haven't been to a whole lot of interviews that really dug deep into that and and talked about the things that you and I are discussing today. So if it, if you have the opportunity to ask those questions in an interview, absolutely take advantage of it. I'm guessing that probably most people don't. So I think it's important to reach out uh, prior to your first day to like you like you said just to understand the ground rules. And I think also again, it's all about separating yourself from the pack 
And I think it's a great way to not only differentiate yourself, but to show the team that you're about to go work for, look, I care. It's important to me to get off on the right foot. I'm not just taking this job because I want to be another number. I'm somebody that you want to take serious. I can tell you, having been on the inside of these companies, those are the kind of young professionals that we talk about in a meeting. Like, hey, by the way, did you did you know that that Nicholas, the, the new hire, he doesn't even start for another month, but he's already called me because he wanted to get down some ground rules and, and talk about some do's and don'ts here at the office. I mean, to me, things like that can only paint you in a positive light. Right. It shows it shows preparation that, Absolutely. that you're, you're getting involved. Another thing that you say is be your own advocate. Um, so when you say that, I start thinking about you know, not letting the onboarding just sort of like wash over you, but to be an active participant. What are other ways you can be your own advocate in these first few weeks and months? I, I think one of the big things that that you can do is I think it's important to get, you know, not only an understanding of the do's and the don'ts, you know, the office ground rules, but I think understanding the players, right? And where they where they come in in the game is really, really important. Understanding oh, yeah. that hierarchy. So, you know, a lot of times in an interview, they're, they're liable to tell you who you're, direct report might be, or, or if you have any direct reports, you know, reporting up through you. But I think a, a step that we miss out on is really understanding the game. And especially if we, we work for a company, uh, you know, some of the larger commercial ags, you know, they're, they're, they're big, you know, some of them have 30, 40,000 employees worldwide. It's important to know the players. So if you have the opportunity beforehand, I would definitely reach out and ask for, you know, can you, can you, can I get a, uh, an org chart? Right? Can I see who I'm reporting to and who I'm reporting to is reporting to? How does it look up and down the chain? Then if you get the opportunity to, I'd break it down even further and to try to see if you could find, you know, what are certain teams within the groups? What is each responsible for? The more that you understand and the better understanding that you have over these org charts and really, you know, who fits in where, again, it's, it's information that is going to help you feel more comfortable when you start and to have a better understanding of the information flow which is again going to come directly back to you, you know, once you get started. I think that's great, and and on top of understanding who, where the roles are, where people sit at the table, also getting to know who these people are. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Not nothing. Not, imagine imagine being a new hired on the first day. Uh, you know, someone walks in at, at the tea or the coffee machine, and you introduce yourself. And when they tell you, oh, by the way, you know, I'm the vice president, and and you rattle off their teammates, right? Imagine, imagine how impressive that would be. Now, I I, I never uh, was was bright enough to figure that out when I first got started. Maybe that's why it took me. Well, no. uh, I I took the long way yeah. around. I I think it, another thing is like I would have questions that I would ask each of them if if I if I knew what their role was. I, 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 it'd be good to have some sort of a productive question to ask them. Obviously, you know, you can't over-prepare for a conversation. I think we've done that and it ends up being a little bit stilted, but once, once you get to know people and you know their role on the team, you know, start asking those questions that show them that you're curious and you, you want to learn. Again, the, the, this is old school, but the squeaky wheel gets the grease and those who put themselves right. out there, you know, I've used that several times in you know, today, but those who put themselves out there and that are vocal, they, they get asked about. And that's how we get selected for certain committees. That's how we get put on certain teams. You know, these moves are going to directly impact how fast we climb. And if really, if it's all about learning and growth, then, then we want to put ourselves out there as much as possible. And so, again, I, I know for a fact, I, I've seen it firsthand that, you know, we've, we've been in a meeting and, and been introduced to a young trainee or maybe even an intern that got up and was able to quote things about our team or our business, you know, things that were specific to us. 
you know, and as soon as they walk out of the room, you raise your hand and say, who was that? Right. Because I want to know because exactly. I want them on my team. And, and, and again, these, these things that, you know, they don't take much time, just a little bit of effort, but it shows your commitment. And I think when, when companies see that they've got the buy-in, when they see that you as an individual are all in, those are the types of people that they want to represent them. And you get opportunities faster than those who don't. All right. Last question on culture shock. So, you know, part of transitioning from, from college or university to the field is getting used to the professional environment. Someone, a, a, a recent graduate versus a five-year industry vet versus a 10-year on down the line, they're all going to have different perspectives on what they want and then what they want from their company. Um, if someone enters into a new placement, they're unsure about how things are going, maybe even they think they might want to change, how long do you recommend people stick it out uh, and, and try to adapt to that new environment? That, that's such a great question, Nicholas. And I tell you, it's one that I'm asked a lot now because uh, in this environment, so many people are being approached, you know, the market needs, needs talent everywhere. And so you've got situations where, you know, companies are calling their competition, you know, trying to, to pick their talent off. I mean, it happens every day. And so people who might not have been in that situation before are now getting contacted and they're being presented opportunities. And so I get that a lot. When do I know it's, it's, it's time to, to at least look or to listen to opportunity? I, I think it's uh, it's two-sided. When you feel like, one, you've given all you can and you've got nothing left to learn about a particular position or maybe maybe a company. And on the other side is when you feel like the company is no longer giving you an opportunity for growth. Right. And I think that's probably when at the time, you know, they, it, 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 it becomes obvious that, listen, I, I think I've probably played this as far as it can go and I need to listen to opportunities. You know, I think people are always under the assumption that when they make a move, it's for bad reasons. You know, someone got fired. Someone said something about someone else. It was a bad relationship. And that's not true at all. You know, uh, it's, it's possible, depending upon what your career goals are, what the position that you're interested in has to offer, that maybe you just played it out as far as it can go. And that's okay. And that's why, you know, it's not everyone leaves on bad terms. But when you get to a point when you look at it and say, I think I've played this position as far as I can go. I've, I've sucked everything I can out of it. And when I look at the company, there's really no more opportunity for growth in this role. That's what I think you take a look. And, and it doesn't, there's nothing wrong with looking at that because you're doing it for the right reasons, right? Right. This is a much different scenario from just saying, hey, I'm going to leave for a, a thousand extra bucks a week, right? I mean, this is one of those that when you look back on your resume, you can look people in the eye and they say, well, why did you make a jump from A to B? You can explain, you know, I felt like I'd given all I had to give. There really wasn't much opportunity for growth for me at that stage of the game. I had learned all I could and I appreciate it my opportunities there, but it was, the timing was right for me to go on and continue well, to pursue my career. I, I think, you know, as, as you're answering that, I'm realizing we probably opened lots of Pandora's boxes of future conversations that people might want to have. What is the best way, um, if someone's a candidate, recent graduate, they want to start this discussion with you for someone to get a hold of you? Listen, I, I'm all over the place. Uh, you can find <laughs> me on LinkedIn. You can go to my website at, at Omniag. Uh, I'm on Instagram as well. But uh, so you, you can find my, uh, my, my contact information all over the place and, and reach out. And it's something that I love to do. And so even if someone just has questions, wants to use me as a, as a reference uh, on maybe information uh, in the market, I'm, I'm always glad to talk to, uh, to new candidates. And uh, that, that's why I got into this is to help. My, my goal in life is uh, that they won't have to take as many laps around the, uh, the career pool as I did to get where they want to be. 
Awesome. Well, Dustin, it's been another incredible conversation with you today. Uh, we are going to go ahead and wrap it up. And you've been listening to Boot Pit to Boardroom. This is a podcast about opportunity in agriculture. If you want to learn more, head over to www.omni-ag.com. Take care. See ya.